You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. Blessed are the ones that are calling for change right now. Blessed are the ones that are modeling a compassionate new world. Not a new world that is anti-material beyond this one, but a new way of shaping our material world in the present that we're living in today. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 326, and our title is Building the World We Want to Live In. In Luke's gospel, we read in Luke 13, 34 through 35, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Christians have long interpreted this week's passage in deeply anti-Semitic ways. And, and, and this passage is not a critique, remember, uh, of Judaism or Jewish people. It explicitly refers to a city. It's a civic critique, not a religious one. There was no such thing as separation of church and state when this passage was written. But Jesus is, is, is not complaining about Judaism, his own religion. His complaint is about the power brokers and the economic elites and those privileged in his temple state uh, based in Jerusalem who resisted his distributive justice teachings as well as those in the, in the Torah and from the Hebrew prophets. The text is not anti-Jewish. It's opposed instead to the exploitation of the poor. Jesus himself, remember, was a Jew. He was never a Christian. And although Luke's gospel was written by Christians, we do not have to interpret this passage in anti-Jewish ways. Jesus was one of many voices within Judaism calling for a return to the economic justice teachings of the Torah that we find in Deuteronomy especially. Deuteronomy 15 is a great example example. But any society, Jewish or not, uh, produces tension when systemic injustice is designed to benefit a few at the top uh, of that society uh, at the expense of the masses on the margins and the undersides of that society. The passage could just as easily say, America, America, the country that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. This is a passage that implies also repentance. Now remember, the Hebrew word for repentance is teshuva, and teshuva suggests a turning. It's a turning from one path to an alternative. Jesus was calling those in control of his society to repent and to turn from their economic violence against the poor toward a path of distributive justice. The verb of uh, teshuva uh, means also to return. It's not just a turning, but it's a turning that involves a return. Originally, it suggested returning to God from exile, to go from the place of alienation and and separation back to God. It meant a, a return from the path of destruction and the way of violence 
to God and God's path of life and the way of peace. In Jesus's world, it would mean returning to the the Torah's economic teachings. The rich were to be taxed and their taxes and gains were to be distributed back to the poor. Debts were to be canceled and, and poverty was to be eliminated. Again, this is Deuteronomy 14.28 through Deuteronomy 15.5. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your town so that the Levites, who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all your all the work of your hands. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel any loan they have made to a fellow Israelite. They shall not require payment from anyone among their own people, because the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment from a foreigner, but you must cancel any debt from your fellow Israelite who owes you. However, there need be no poor people among you. For in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you if you only fully obey the Lord your God and be careful to follow all these commands that I'm giving you today. Repenting in the Jesus story, it meant leaving the path of economic exploitation and returning to a path toward a world where no one had too much while others didn't have enough. Today, again, capitalism has a long history of straining its inherent contradictions to a breaking point and causing social and economic crisis. Could we be on the edge of another such moment now in the United States as a result of, of the response to the current pandemic? We have more people in the U.S. unemployed that we ha- than we had during the, the Great Depression, all while people like Jeff Bezos, uh, he is on target during this time to become the first trillionaire. Uh, what might Jesus' economic teachings offer us right now? Uh, like the Hebrew prophets of the the poor, Luke's Jesus confronts the state's exploitation of the poor as well. We find this in Luke 20, verse 47, Luke 21, verse 2. Those are just two examples uh, with imagery that expresses the call for justice. The image in Luke that that, that we have this week of a, of a mother hen gathering her chicks under her wings in the, in the presence of a predator, uh, this this image is, is appropriate. This image could represent Jesus's desire to protect the poor from the predatory economic practices of a society. And by the late 60s CE, remember, the poor of Judea, they had had enough of their exploitation and they, they rose up and it was called the, the Jewish Poor People's Revolt. They overtook the temple state in Jerusalem. They burned the debt records and then they expanded their uprising to oppose Roman oppression as well. This led to the Jewish-Roman War, which ended in 69 CE, and and it didn't end well. Rome responded to the uprising by raising the Jerusalem temple to the ground in in 70 CE. And the only response more excessive in the Judean province was Rome's response to the Barcoba 
revolt uh, in 132 to 136 CE, a few years later, when Rome genocidally depopulated Judean communities in that region and forbade surviving Jews from ever entering even Jerusalem uh, again. How fitting that Jesus would take up the image of a mother hen covering her baby chicks with her wings, protecting them from the circling predatory eagle in the sky above. It's a very fitting description when Rome's symbol was the, the, the eagle. Today, many of us are seeing our society being pushed to yet another breaking point. Blessed are the ones that are calling for change right now. Blessed are the ones that are modeling a compassionate new world, not a new world that is anti-material beyond this one, but a new way of shaping our material world in the present that we're living in today. Blessed are the ones shaping a world that is just and safe for everyone that's inclusive of those that are presently vulnerable. Blessed are the ones that are pointing the way to healing, both personal and private, as well as public and systemic. I recently learned of a youth-led campaign here in West Virginia in response to the pandemic. It's the Youth Mutual Aid Fund, and it's a partnership between the Stay Together Appalachian Youth, Youth Project, or the STAY Project, and the Kentucky Student Environmental Coalition, or KSEC. West Virginian and Appalachian communities have a long history of pulling together to support one another during tough times. And as someone who who sees mutual aid as a central teaching in the Jesus stories, the, the Youth Mutual Aid Fund immediately caught my attention. And one of their catchphrases that I love is modeling the new world, putting Uh, building the world we want to live in, modeling the new world, building the world we want to live in. How how can we model uh, the new world? How do you want to begin building the kind of world this week uh, that you want to live in? Uh, I learned about what Stay and KSEC were doing the same day that I read about, uh, it was an article in one of our local newspapers of how COVID-19 tore through a black Baptist church community in West Virginia, and nobody said a word about it. You can find out, I'll put a link to, to that article where you can find out more in this week's eSight. But it cannot be stated enough that although we are all affected by this pandemic, we are not all affected equally. COVID-19 is amplifying already present injustices in our social system, an economic system that that plunges some communities into ways of surviving and, and working that make them vulnerable to certain diseases only makes them more vulnerable to COVID-19. This pandemic is disproportionately impacting black communities and and Latin communities and and, uh, uh, migrant communities and uh, other communities of color. We can, I believe we can, and we must do better. The phrase in our above passage, how often have have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing, how can that take on new significance 
in our context here? Will the power brokers and economic elites be any more open to more equity as we witness massive loss of life right now? Or will we keep capitalism going at the cost of human life? All human life is precious. On one hand, we have massive loss of life because of the virus. And on the other, we have massive loss of life because of our fragile economic system. Millions are unemployed. Millions are going hungry right now. There must be another path. Will those who have have long benefited from the present system be any more open to structural or systemic changes today than they've been in the past? And again, that phrase haunts me. How often I have desired to gather your children together as hens, gather her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. I see so many helpers right now. I, I, I also see structural, systemic inequities that need changed. What are you seeing this week? How can you, this coming week, model uh, the new world? How do you want to begin building the kind of world that you want to live in? Heart Group Application, again, we have the ability to slow the spread of COVID-19 if we act together. In moments like these, we affirm that all people are made in the image of God to live as part of God's peace, God's love, and God's justice. Then there is nothing more powerful than when people come together to prioritize those that the system deems least of these. We at Renewed Heart Ministries, we're asking all heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please stay virtually connected and practice physical distancing. And you can still be there for each other to help it ease anxieties, fears, and needs. Uh, just when you go out, remember to please keep a, a six-foot distance between you and, and please wear a mask, not for your sake, but for others, and, 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 and to, to help stop the spread of the virus. And this is also a time where we can practice the very things we're talking about this week, the resource sharing and the mutual aid that's found in the Gospels. Make sure that others in your group have what they need, and we are more interconnected than we realize. And this pandemic is driving that home each passing day. We need each other during this time, and this is a time for us to work together and to prioritize protecting those that are most vulnerable among us. We will get through this. Um, life's going to be different, but we will get through this. In the meantime, how many ways can you take care of each other uh, while we're physically apart? Number one this week, share something from this week's e-site or this episode of the podcast that spoke to you uh, with your heart group and, and discuss it with each other. Number two, what could the economic teachings of the Torah and the Gospels about debt forgiveness and wealth, a wealth tithe or wealth tax and redistribution to the poor and migrant communities, what could that look like if they were to be applied in our society presently during uh, this pandemic? And And then number three, this week, the Poor People's Campaign uh, with uh, Reverend William Barber uh, launched the Stay in Place, Stay Alive, Organize, and Don't Believe the Lies campaign. Essential workers, that term is evolving into meaning expendable workers. You can find out more and how you too can participate at the link that I'll give to this campaign in our e-site this week. And as part of this campaign, faith leaders, faith communities, and houses of worship are being called 
called to help remember and honor the precious lives that we have lost and will continue to lose during this pandemic. And to find out how your heart group can participate in this, I'll put a link uh, to their tolling together aspect of the campaign in this week's Eastside as well. This coming week again, how can you as a group Begin building the kind of world you want to live in. Thanks for checking in with us this week right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. Another world is possible if we collectively choose it. Stay well, and where possible, please stay home. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. 